Guess what? This is episode 44. 44? 44. Is this our, how many years have we been doing this? Three now? <laughs> Two and a half. <laughs> well, of course it's three. I round it off. Point five, you round up, bro. Uh, I hear you. But uh, yeah. yeah, you can tell we've been slacking off for a while. So, so yeah, welcome like, uh, everybody. Oh, are we doing this now? Yeah, why not? So, let's do it. <laughs> You know how you know how uh, um, organized we are. So this is it. This is zero point zero. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So, so yeah. So been a lot going on. We haven't been on here for a very long time. We apologize for that. Um, life has just been overly busy. So we apologize for not being on here. But uh, we're going to try to do this a little more often than we have been. Hell, if we do once a month, we're going to be. <laughs> Dude, if All we right, do Will. once a month, we are doing awesome. Yeah. Lately, it has been terrible. I have been traveling so much. I haven't had any chance to fly. I just haven't done anything. So No. I'm sorry. It's, it's been bad. So Yeah. So, so you were saying you were just out in La Crosse? Yeah, I was in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Yeah. What we, okay, and you got the shuttle thing. I'm sorry. I did this last night as well. I was talking to a friend of mine and we were having this like conversation about like, uh, what was the question? What is, oh, what would you like to change or what would you like to, uh, one thing you'd like to accomplish in your future? And she told me not be depressed. And then five minutes later, I said to her, you never answered my question. And she said, yes, I did. And it was pretty deep. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. I look like, I'm sorry, Zoe. I'm a bad, bad person. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of being depressed. Me too, buddy. I, I have been in a bad place, too. Um, and I know you have. Uh, yeah, and, well, I'm outside. This is my Memorial Day podcast. Um, well, I could I could not sit in the basement tonight. Good for you. Thank you. I um, wish I wasn't sitting in here, but I wasn't going to lug my. Uh... No cyborg gets a different John Davis. That would be Jonathan Davis if it was Schizo in here. Uh, that would be awesome if Schizo comes off, but you know. Yeah, he, I'm sure he's I, much busier than. You know. He realized how incompetent I was in the ways of quadcopters, and he just hasn't been back since. Well, hell, they all made fun of me for I don't know how long not remembering any of their names. I just blanked out on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter, really. And there's Ryan. What's up? <coughs> so, Hey, Ryan Pap. Um, so what are we talking about tonight? I mean, this well, is just you and me. Okay, so so let's 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 bring it down here to where it's on my table okay we uh we have been away for a while we said that mm -hmm. this is a very professional podcast isn't it mike mm. i've not hey, even you got buzzed. a dog so it's all good yeah i have two yeah well i can see one of them yeah that's sam 
Samuel Adams is his name. That's the oh. name he came with when we well, got him at the shelter. He's a drinking buddy. He's a fat boy, too. <laughs> yes, he is. Like me. <laughs> and me, too. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Um, we were talking about bringing it down, bringing it down, just kind of taking it easy and seeing it easy and getting ready to flow into this whole thing where we are, where we have been and where we're going. We're going somewhere. Uh, later, I guess. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be drinking too much to go anywhere later. Oh, okay. Okay. Looks like you hurt your arm. Where? Oh, there. Yeah. That's, that's poison ivy. Oh man, you are terrible with that. Dude, I, if it if, if I'm within a mile of it, I get it. Um, yeah, I stained my deck on Monday. Oh, isn't it pretty? Um, and somehow in the staining of the deck, I got my first little dose of the summer. But that's mm-hmm. all good. Um, so it's just the two of us tonight. Yes, it is. Why is that? Well, um, I really didn't want to bug anybody else because I wasn't sure. Kind of if it was going to be able to happen or not, number one. Um, Number two, I thought that we should really talk about your wonderful trip out to NASA and meeting up with Red Jensen. Yes, I did. It was phenomenal. I I can't even imagine what it was like. It was mind-blowing. Like my mind went... (laughs) Like that. It was blown completely. No, it was one of the most amazing experiences I have ever had. And anybody that has any interest in aviation whatsoever knows, has to know the significance of Edwards Air Force Base, uh, Burek Dry Lake Bed. Um, you know, so that that is or was and still is the the heart and soul of the cutting edge of aviation. Um, absolutely. It's where it takes place. Now, area 51, there's something going on there too. Nobody really knows what's up, but, uh, Edwards is an amazing place. Uh, just, just to be on the base was awesome, but to experience the things that I experienced there, thanks to red, uh, Mm -hmm. Incredible, just incredible. And I want to talk about all that tonight. Um, and uh, also, um, when I said it's just the two of us, I also meant that, well, Joel is not with us, except he's he, he's spying on us on uh, Well, YouTube. he's not spying. He's listening, being a listener uh, right now. And will uh, be for a while because, um, I mean, we might as well talk about that up, up front well, first. And I think we should talk about that first. Yeah, I, I, I think why, why Joel doesn't love us anymore. Well, it's not that Joel doesn't love us, but he's got a lot going on and he's actually doing him and his wife, Allison, are doing some really wonderful stuff um, with the children. Um, and we talked about this on the last one. Yeah. And, and Joel's going to take some time off because um, he's got some other you know, life things coming up that I'm not sure that he wants us to share yet. Right, um, so, we won't. Um, so we won't share that, but, but he does have some things that's going on. That's taking a lot of his time, uh, and a lot of his money. Um, so he's going to kind of back out for a while and, yep. uh, see kind of where it leads him. So, 
we uh, we love Joel. We hope for the best for him. And, uh, you know, his seat will always be available when he's ready to come back, if he decides to come back. Exactly. And no, there has not been any fighting or any, you know, nope. anything like that. Joel's just got a lot of stuff going on and he, uh, he wants to, he wants to take care of those things. So yep. we, we do nothing but give him our best and hope that, you know, he gets to yep. do what yep. he wants. He and his wife has some big plans that they're working toward and he has some personal projects that he's working on that are awesome. Yep. And as sorry, those, those are the allergies again. As such, uh, he just didn't feel like he could put the time into the podcast, and we totally respect that. Mm-hmm. Even though we miss the little bastard, um, <laughs> you know, we're he hopefully he comes back. Yeah, I'm sure he will. So, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, he's actually doing a beginner FPV. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but I will get those in the. I'll put them up on the. Uh, in on the Facebook page. So, uh, right. We can get that taken care of. So everybody can go out and, and check out what Joel's doing. I'm not sure how much he's got done on that, but I know he's been working pretty intently on that. Yep, plus yep. all yep. his volunteer stuff with, with him and Allison. And I know they've been running a lot as well. So good for him being healthy. Um, as I continue to do things that I shouldn't be doing. I used to run 10 years ago. Oh, I used to run when I was a kid until I could drive. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once I figured out I could drive, I was done. No, I, I, I ran because I was worried about my, you know, I don't know what I was worried about. And then I just said, you know what? I'm a whole lot happier if I don't run and drink beer. So there, there I am. There you go. Yeah, I'm I okay like with it. me. I like it. <laughs> so... Um, <clears throat> So, you have been a world traveler. Yes, a bit. Well, a U.S. traveler, not a world traveler, just a U.S. traveler. U.S. traveler. You you were at flight test recently. Yes, I was, and and uh, I wasn't going to say anything immediately, but since you brought it up. Well, yeah. you do this crap to me all the time, so I just threw it in your lap. <laughs> That's bro. all right, man. Um, I actually uh, uh, was out in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, had a customer cancel while I was up there. Um, so I got to go over and spend about, oh, about four hours at the, uh, OG headquarters and, uh, had to get me some new, uh, little, uh, red bottom motors for my, uh, gremlin turbo, which I dearly love. This thing flies just unbelievably well, but, uh, yeah, I had to get some of those while I was up there and got some of those thankfully for, uh, you know, they had them there. So I was able to, and whose frame is that? That's the, uh, that's the gremlin turbo. Okay. This is the turbo. This is the ones that's got the, uh, the red bottom Emacs, um, <laughs> the RS 1106 and bear with me a minute. I'll tell you what, uh, KV they are. Where, where is it? Oh, I can't read that. Forget it. <laughs> I think it's 6,000 KV. Yeah, they're 6,000 KV. Okay. And this thing flies. Well, I tell you what, I've got, oh, here it is. I've got an X hover. Uh, this is the Win 2 XL, and it'll run two and a half and three inch props. And this thing's strong enough to carry, <coughs> excuse me, the 
session. Okay. I mean, if you can believe this little guy right here will carry that big camera. Yeah. Now, a little sluggish, even on three inch, but it will carry it. Well, guess what? You put three inch on this one, it <laughs> will too. Sweet. I mean, they're both little beasts, and I do mean beasts, and I love them both. And, um, yeah, a lot of fun. So I should I should get me one of those. Oh, they're a ball. And here's a nice thing. I mean, the only way you're really going to tear it up is if you fly directly into something. Because I have, I think it's the motor right here. Yeah, this one. I don't know if you can see it or not, but that, the bottom part, the red bottom on this, uh -huh. I bent it. And I mean, I was giving my sister-in-law a ride. I was flying the screen, let her have my goggles. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you right now, give the rider the screen, not the goggles. <laughs> Because things look different on the screen than they do in the goggles. <laughs> so I don't fly, uh, I don't fly screen very well because uh, we've got one of those big power <coughs> transformers out here for the underground power. Yeah. You know, it's a big green box. I know Cyborg's seen it because he's seen it on my uh, uh, YouTube channel before. Um, and does it, uh, does it interfere? No, it, it didn't interfere. Uh, well, oh, you just ran into it. I ran dead into it because of the screen. <laughs> and I mean, dead, okay. and of course, it freaked my sister-in-law out. because She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, you but, killed her. Well, it was pretty awesome. But, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I know I know Cyborg has seen that, uh, that green box out there before because it's a big metal box, you know. And I mean, I run into it pretty, pretty much wide open. <laughs> so I actually awesome. bent the bottom part of the motor, and it just stopped. So I had to get Oof. me, a, and then the other one, uh, I bet the shaft on it and couldn't do anything with that. So, <clears throat> so yeah. So, uh, for me anyway, I cannot fly on a screen. I can only fly goggles. So yeah. And, and Ryan says he can't fly goggles. He can only fly on a screen. Oh, see, isn't that weird? Well, I mean, that's that to me, that's funny that you got some people who can only fly a screen. I, I think the I I'd have to say the thing there is that when you're flying on a screen, there's a comfort level that you can look up and see what you're flying. Where with goggles, you are completely immersed and you don't have the option easily of seeing where you're at. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was oh my god, that was almost a month ago now when I uh, when I crashed it. But anyway. I went out uh, to uh, to headquarters, and not only that, but uh, Stefan, the wonderful guy he is. And, of course, I got to see um, Josh, uh, Chad Lewis, right. uh, um, of course, Ian, uh, Pataki, um, Matt, and I, I'm not even going to attempt his last name because I'll just butcher it, um, Stefan, Alex, and Austin. Because TJ is now over in New Philadelphia. Right. He's um, they he banished now, him to the warehouse. They banished him to the warehouse. Well, that's because Christian left. Right. Uh, Christian was the um, the inventory guy over in the warehouse. And now uh, TJ's doing that. Plus, he's doing a lot of other things. I think he's doing a lot of procurement on products and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah. And Flight Test does have some pretty cool stuff coming out. 
Um, I got to see a number of new motors that they're working with uh, Emacs with. Um, I can't give a lot of detail, but one of them uh, that I saw does look like uh, uh, the front of it. They cut fins in the, uh, the front. And let me grab a motor here. Let me take this quad down here that I can fly in. Okay, so you know the top part of the bell right here. Yeah. Well, what they did was is they actually cut fins in it to make it look like a radial engine. Oh, that's oh cool. dude, they're beautiful. <laughs> oh, wow, that is cool. Oh, yeah, it was really neat. And, he got, you know, you could kind of spin them up and you could see where it, it looks like the fins of a radial. Uh, it looks awesome. Right. And then, uh, of course, they have some new Gremlin motors coming out. They got uh, uh, just a whole bunch of stuff. And the new Gremlin motors are actually going to have Gremlin on them and have the little... Uh, uh... No, uh, Ryan, I don't have any KV info yet, but I know they're going to do it on a lot of the different uh, packs, uh, at least the radial part. Um, so that's about all I uh, all I got. Uh, I don't have a lot of information, but, uh, you know, they just kind of showed me some stuff that, you know, said, look, what's coming, look, what's coming. And we can't tell you a whole lot. So, but when they come out, I know that they'll have a big announcement about them and, and they're, they're pretty awesome. And they also have another little, uh, uh, thing coming out with the power packs. Uh, some of the, some of the guys, and I think Pat, you may be aware of it too. You know, they were talking about, uh, like little toolboxes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the power packs are eventually going to come in a polyethylene small toolbox. Okay. And they'll have the flight test logo on them. And, uh, dude, they're really nice and they're all stackable. So, okay. yeah. They were laughing at me because I said, you know, told them I wouldn't say anything. And Stefan was like, oh, man, yeah, you're going to tell a big secret about a toolbox that the power packs are coming <laughs> <laughs> so and i was like okay then i'll say something <laughs> so i did if you're going to be that way stefan we That's are going right. to talk about it but the other thing and here pay no attention to my hair boys but uh, uh not like you can see a whole lot but also because i was there oh look at that so i got this nice and on the back it does oh, official founder so Oh, these are the hats yeah. that will be coming. Um, and these things are awesome. They're a one size fits most. So if you got a big old giant head like uh, Alex does, you may not fit. Okay. <laughs> That's a nice hat. I, I'm happy uh, because I lost my uh, my go-to hat that I've had for the last 10 years. Oh, no. You lost your tan hat? No, the not the tan one, the the oh. York College one that I had, the green oh, okay. one with a Y yeah. with the chewed up brim for my dog, oh, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. And the hole in the side where it caught on fire once. Um, oh my god! Yeah, my my son's dog got a hold of it and killed it, and oh, and and so I got a hat from uh, the place I'm taking flying lessons at, and it's a Bristol hat, lights Bristol light sport aircraft. <clears throat> I look like an old man in it. I just it just doesn't. It doesn't work, man. As yeah. much as I want it to, it just doesn't work on me. Yeah, that sucks. But that hat looks like it will. Yeah, this I like this hat. I mean, yeah. the only thing I don't like about it is, is it's not a summer hat because it's not mesh. You know, it's just a solid. Summer hats and summer not. 
Yeah, but I like I like the mesh hats only because in the summertime, you know, those geeker had a little cooler, but you know, oh, well. out there. The fleas get hot. <laughs> yeah, they keep jumping off. <laughs> you lose your symbiosis. <laughs> yeah. Bill said, tell us that story, Pat, how you lit your own head on fire. It was around a campfire. Uh, yeah, there you go. It, it, I'm it, sure it, there was alcohol involved. Uh, oh, <laughs> how could there not be? Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, it, it's been swimming in the bay and the ocean. It, it was on fire. It was chewed up by my dog. And, and finally, my son's dog got a hold of it and just killed it. Yeah, And it was really bad. time because, I mean, it looks horrible. But I couldn't stop wearing it because yeah, but that it was, was a comfortable hat. It was perfect. Exactly. It was the perfect hat. There you go. Welcome to Hatcast. <laughs> yes, sir. I you dye your hair anyway, cyborg, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I got to hang out up there for a little while. And uh, um, I'll be honest with you, I, I was hoping to get a chance to go out to Edgewater and didn't get the chance to. But uh, yeah. um, I'm telling you, they are so thrilled about everything coming up. They're just dying to get over there. So. That's awesome. Um, and I saw I saw that uh, th- those who uh, contributed the perks are uh, shipping out this week or starting. They, to- yeah, this this coming week they're supposed to ship is what I saw. I even saw that on the Facebook. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. The Facebook post they put out on the on the uh, the founders group. So gotcha. so those perks hopefully will be coming in late. That you know, this coming week or for sure the following week. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm excited to get everything because uh, my poor flight test hoodies about had it, even though it's summertime right now. I mean, it's it was 94 here today. You got the zip up, the zip up, yeah, yeah. I'm on so, my second now, yeah. Well, I've already rent my second one, so I, uh, my wife, uh, my wife threatened to she she tried to throw my first one away but i mm-hmm. put the smack down on that i'm like mm-hmm. what are you doing what are you talking about yeah you can't do that what's matter this has history this is like a museum piece now yeah absolutely yeah. well see my my new one will be the edgewater park one so i'm ready for it fancy mm-hmm. so i'm excited about that okay so yeah, it was a good time seeing everybody and, you know, uh, in case the people that are listening doesn't know it yet, I probably will not be at Flight Fest Ohio this year. He says that. I don't believe it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen, bud. God damn it, Mike. I know it, but, you know, it is what it is. Mm. So, mm. I know. And I'm going to miss everybody, like, unbelievably. I, yeah. I, no one understands just how much I'm going to miss it. I kind of do because I had to leave early last year. Mm-hmm. It sucked. Yeah, but at least you got to see everybody before you left, or pretty much. That's true. And I'm not going to get to see anybody this year. So, mm. yeah, I'm not real happy about it. But, you know, sometimes life comes first, and that's yeah. kind of the way it is right yeah. now. So, yeah, Cyborg, I agree. Too many people are saying that this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all just work, Bill. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I and I appreciate that, Ryan, but it just won't be the same, buddy. Just won't be the same. So, so yeah, I'm a little depressed about that too. So, you know, 
hopefully you guys uh, understand why I'm, you know, kind of eh, about everything right now. I mean, yeah. some drastic things would have to change for me to be able to come out, but I can keep hoping. Yeah. Where have we been? We, we're where not really we? sure, Joe Miller. We we yes. don't know where we've been. Well, we've been I, lost. I couldn't even begin to tell you all the places I've been. I can tell you lacrosse in Ohio, you know, lacrosse, Wisconsin and uh, Cleveland, Ohio. That's about it. I've uh, I've been home and I've been at work. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, that's not true, which can kind of lead us right into where you have been. I totally lied right there. I know. Um, so I know. I so know. Hopefully, I, let, let me just say this. Hopefully everybody has already listened to the uh, Red Jensen podcast. And if not, go back and listen to it. Right. If, and if then it all, all makes sense. Let me try to figure out which one. It, which one was it? Which one was it? Yeah, I can't look right now. I can't. So it was. A doo, 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 doo. I think it was around it was episode 40. 41. 41. Okay. So it ain't been yes. that long ago. I mean, it's been a long time ago, but. So, so if you're sitting at home listening or in your car listening, or God help you if you really actually tuned into this live right now um <laughs> and you're wondering who who is red jensen who are they talking about well red jensen is the guy who runs the scaled flight lab at the nasa armstrong flight facility out at edwards air force base um he's a he's an awesome guy uh really down to earth uh he's very much like us <laughs> very much like us very much um the guy just loves things that fly and and he comes from an rc background his background is pretty much totally rc mm -hmm. um now he is also a private pilot um and he he's building his own formula one racer right now which which i got to see a picture of the Full scale, uh, by the way the plug that he's making um to to mold it out of uh or to create the mold to make the mold to create the airplane and it's beautiful. It, it is a cute as hell little uh, little airplane, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, and uh, when we had him on, I didn't think, you know, I, I never thought I'd have the opportunity to to really go out there. He invited, said, "Hey, if you guys want to come out, I'll show you around." Um, and then one day, my wife got this offer in the mail. Uh, she had been out in Las Vegas a few months ago um, and got this offer in the mail where it was uh, airfare and hotel in Laughlin, Nevada, which is about 90 minutes south of uh, Las Vegas. It, it's a little casino strip right on the Colorado River. It, it's it's pretty sweet little setup down there. And I got to say, I, I've been to Las Vegas twice, both times on business. So uh but but I did the strip thing and the casinos, the gambling has no interest for me whatsoever. But the area around Laughlin is amazing. And we booked the we booked the trip out there. And to me it seemed a little too good to be true because uh the round trip airfare and the hotel stay for two people was sixty dollars. Total. Total. Mm. 
and it was real. I, I was uh, I went to uh, the airport, and I, I was still waiting for this plane not to show up. I mean, I thought this was all BS. Um, <coughs> sorry, sorry about that allergies. Um, oh, oh, so I won't get into the whole flat Fred thing, but Fred. No. I'm sorry I lost flat you within the first 15 minutes of being at the airport. And, and alcohol had played no part in that either. <laughs> no part in that. None. No, it didn't. I was totally stone cold sober. Oh. Um, it, it was when we sat down at the bar that I realized we had, I had lost him. Um, anyway, uh, sorry, Fred. I, as much as I would have liked to have thought of losing flat you on purpose in the first 15 minutes. I totally did not. Um, so anyway, uh, we, we were going out to Laughlin and, uh, I just contacted Red and said, Hey man, we're going to be out here. Is there any way, you know, I could come over and check you out. And he was like, sure, come on over. Um, and I did, uh, I rented a car. I rented a little Toyota Yaris. If you don't know what a Toyota Yaris is, it's the dumbest looking little car from the outside. But it's awesome. It it, it is and by the way, they're not uh they're not sponsoring this episode. They should be. Yeah, they should give us both cars. They really should. But I mean, it's one of those little mini cars. It has it it has a back seat, but it's not really a back seat. No no human being could fit in there except for Joel. Um <laughs> but uh i i it, it was an awesome driving little car i mean i put it through the shit i uh i had it up over 100 going out to edwards uh <laughs> i drove it up and over a mountain on this dirt road where it bottomed out and that little thing just kept going it was a fun little car now i cool little car and it got it, it had like a nine gallon gas tank in it and it would just go forever Anyway, welcome to the Toyota podcast. Um, so I, I drove out to Edwards that day. Um, it was freaking raining. It was raining in the desert that day. Uh, drove out there, met Red exactly at the time we had agreed upon. And, and I'm pretty impressed with myself uh, on that. <laughs> um, it was just... He gave me a tour of the base that I'd never thought I would ever experience. Like, we were all over that base. We were out in the middle of the desert. We were out on some photo bombing range. I freaking climbed on top of a B-58 Hustler bomber. Uh, it was just... It was an incredible experience. And I... I, I, I I've thanked him many times and I can't thank him enough. Uh, and if I can figure out, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, if I can figure out how to share my screen, no idea. I, I'm going to work on this real. Give me, give me a second. I'm going to keep talking. So anyway, drove out there and met red. Um, I just realized I can't talk and do this at the same time. Mike. I didn't uh, think you could. I'm not that coordinated. <laughs> So here's one of the things that I know you did while you were out there, and okay. I'm so jealous of it. Thank you for uh, filling in my uh, and, ineptitude. 
and 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 that is and and everybody here will probably be jealous of it and that's the fact that you got to actually fly in a f-18 simulator yes i did i oh, uh my god you lucky I, lucky man it was pretty cool oh i can't um, imagine dude and i have to say successfully by the way oh um, yeah i was gonna say something about that but you know yeah 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 um so he contacted this guy that uh is their uh flight sim engineer uh marlin is his name i i don't know his last name i don't know if i was ever told his last name but um anyway he's the guy that developed and and built and all this this f-18 simulator um so i got to fly it it was like sitting in an f-18 cockpit um it wasn't the fully articulated thing you know it's all right (laughs) oh sorry um it was it was awesome uh, so, so they, they started me, he started me out. I was in, I, I was flying and, and I was just flying around. Uh, you know, I just got a feel for it flying around and I, I haven't gotten the nerve up to ask Brad this yet, but I wonder if they had put it on like, you know, newbie easy mode <laughs> Yeah, because it was really easy to fly. If you know what I'm saying? Um, well, I would hope they would be actually, but I it it felt very much like the uh, I I fly a lot on uh, FSX uh, Flight Sim X on uh, Flight Simulator X on uh, Steam, mm-hmm. and it felt very much like the F eighteen on that one. Um, so I guess FSX did a really good job of modeling it. Awesome. Yeah. I so just can't even imagine. So I was flying around, I was shooting gaps between the mountains and I inverted, uh, you know, from time to time I'd come up, roll over, shoot down, roll out. And well, that's but, uh, you know, well, yeah, inverted. if you're in an F-18, I mean, come on, what are you going to do? So I flew out toward Los Angeles, came back around, flew back over the mountains, um, lined myself up with the, uh, with Edwards, uh, they have uh, they have two runways that run, I believe, north to south. Uh, um, well, and then they got the ones out on the dry lake bed. But uh, interesting story. I guess it's interesting. One was uh, th- there was originally one uh, runway. And then they built a second runway that was only supposed to be a temporary runway while they improved the first runway. And, of course, they just left it there. So there's two operating runways now. Yeah, I guess that really wasn't an interesting story. It was more interesting when I was out there and Red told me about it. <laughs> I think I'm lacking some details here. So uh, so anyway, I lined myself up on this, and I did this beautiful 50-mile final. Like, I've got this thing. So it... If you're if you've flown a uh, if you've flown an airplane a real airplane, um, you're probably familiar with the term stabilized approach and all that. I had a beautiful 50 mile stabilized approach in an F-18, and I touched down on the runway, just over the threshold, as sweet as can be. Did a touch and go, took off, flew around, came back around, and. 
I could not see the runway from where I was at, and and I didn't know how to manipulate the flight sim at that point to to look around. So I come around and I realize I'm like eight times as high as I thought I was. So I have to do a little figure eight, and I landed, and I just greased it in. Um, that's why I think it had to have been on like you know some super easy mode or something. If it wasn't, I really should be a fighter pilot. You should have been a fighter pilot, maybe. I should be. They should hire me today. They, sh they should hire you now. Really? I've got the NASA shirt. Well, that's true. You do. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, no. So let me uh, hang on. I got a message so, from my wife. I don't know what that's all about. So you got. Oh, that's flyer. not from my wife. That's from Eddie's Wendy. Wrong Wendy. <laughs> Hi, other Wendy. Not other Wendy. Hi. Eddie's Wendy. Okay. So, um, so what, 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 what? So you, so you got to, to climb around on a B 58. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Allergies are horrid. Um, so I got there, met up with red. Uh, he met me at the North gate where, um, uh, the the last drop ship that they had is B-52 is on display. Um, so currently they do not have an aircraft capable of carrying another aircraft aloft and dropping. Um, so Balls 8 is the uh, is the B-52 at the North Gate. Um, it's Balls 8 because serial number is 0008. Um, and it, it, I've never seen a B fifty two up close before. It, no, it's a big. It's a big airplane. That is a one large airplane. It's a very big airplane. Um, so anyway, he picks me up, um, and he says, "Look, you're going to get a. We're going to be all over this place." I'm like, and he he asked me this. He says, "What did he say? Would you rather spend more time at the museum, or would you like to drive out in the desert?" And see a B fifty eight. Well, I know where you went. <laughs> <laughs> Is that even a question? Yeah, so, <laughs> so we uh, we drove somewhere. I don't know somewhere. Uh, let's see if the, if that's the north runway, south runway, somewhere east of the main base. We're we're like driving off road, going you know, boom, 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 boom. He's got this X Terra. Um, and we pull up on what's left of this B-58 Hustler. Uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, look it up. It's a Delta Wing four-engine. I think it was the first United States supersonic bomber. Um, and this one had been fitted with a really stupid uh, proboscis. Um, it, it had a dumb-looking nose uh, for some kind of radar experiment. It was the sixth one off the assembly line. Um, and there's, there's not, I mean, most of it is there. It, it only had part of the outboard left engine hanging on the ground, held there by the wiring that is connected to that remnant of the engine. And Mike, are you asleep? No, I'm looking okay. for something actually. So okay. Talking. Okay, you're good. I, you look like you fell asleep. I, I, no, no, I can. No, I'm looking for something here because I'm thinking this is kind of boring. So, no. Not so anyway, we're walking around this plane. And he said, "You know, sometimes I climb up on it, 
And you can too if you really want to. Again, <laughs> duh. What kind of duh. question is that? It's yeah, not we even know exactly question. what Pat's going to do. So I I I uh, scrambled up the uh, up onto the wing and walked around on top of it and took some pictures and uh, it was a really cool experience. Now I have never seen a B fifty eight in person before. Um. And I, I will say th- this particular what's left of this airplane does not give the sense of what an intact B-58 was, but but it was a very cool experience. Um, it was awesome. And, and I'm going to go back to trying to B-52. Yes, big one. Yeah, and that's not like the largest that I've seen. Yeah. Oh, really? B-52 is not as big as the uh, and I don't remember. I cannot remember the what the number is on it, but this one has jets and props on it. The B thirty six. That's the peacemaker. It. Yeah, that's it. That plane is the largest plane I'd ever seen in my life. It dwarfed the B fifty two. Oh my god! I think you saw one. Yes, it's out at uh, uh, in Ohio, out at uh, oh, uh, out at Dayton, right, yeah, right, Patterson, right, Patterson, yes. Oh wow! I didn't, ooh, oh man, crazy. yeah. There's a Dang, lot of stuff. So. Yeah, you need to you need to go out to Dayton and and take Adam with you. He'll yeah. drag you all over. Thing, man, that that's that's yeah. one of the coolest places I'd ever been in my life. Wow! And I so got suspended there. So, but that was I think I'm going to try to figure out how to share my screen right now. Okay. Okay. I think let's I can see. Do this. Okay, so for the people that are just listening and not watching live or uh, won't go back and watch it on YouTube, which I don't blame you much. Yeah. But uh, um, share your screen. Here we go. Share entire screen. Share. And there's me. Hey, you. And now, can do you see that? Oh, look at there. That was a drone. Keep talking. That's a that's a global hawk. That that's like the scaled up predator, and that's NASA's. Um, so the, the Air Force operates those um, surveillance. I don't know if they're weaponized or anything, um, but uh, so that thing is capable of flying a very, very long distance. At <clears throat> at this point, we were uh, we were at at North Edwards, the north end of the base, and this is kind of like an annex to the um, to the museum in a sense. So next one. That is a B-47. I believe that is America's first strategic jet bomber. Um, you there? Hello? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, okay. I didn't know if I left you. <laughs> no, I'm um, letting you talk, dude. You're the one with okay. the... Okay, so the, the red and white one there, uh, that's, that's in uh, A-20. Uh, is that the intruder? I think it is. Um, I always get the A20, the A26, and the B26 a little confused. I mean, I know what a B26 looks like, but. So uh, there's another shot of the B47. I bet you didn't know they made them out of plywood. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they didn't. That was just no. off there. Cover. Um, boom, boom. Oh, uh, hey, Ryan Papp, you know this one. Um, so that is a space shuttle. Uh, escape simulator and ryan if you're still listening maybe you can explain uh 
what exactly that was used for, but I assume it was made for like uh, fire rescue and egress, that kind of thing. Um, but anyway, it's sitting there at uh, at North Edwards. Oh, and oh. I accidentally. I do not know what this is. This and Red told me what it was. It looks like a Grumman aircraft. I mean, that aircraft screams Grumman aviation. But but I I had never seen this plane before, and it didn't stick in my head as to what it was. Cool. So anyone out there? Yeah, very cool. Yeah, obviously it was a carrier aircraft because of the folding wings. Um, F fifteen, of okay. course. Uh. Boom. Let's see here. <laughs> uh, some, I don't know, jet, whatever, man. Oh, my God. I have never been really uh, that big of a fan of the T-34 Mentor. But this must have been an early version. And this airplane was beautiful. I mean, just stunning. Polished aluminum. Um had to be a very early variant it just has that age you know that that late 40s look to it early 50s maybe um yeah or something yeah or something and and, yeah. and apparently yeah apparently the t-34s um are grounded because there is an ad air airworthiness directive issued there's a problem with the spars so you have to go in. You have to put some spar straps on, or some such stuff. So that so that one uh, black jet you uh, just showed, Delta Dart, is saying that's an F three D Sky Knight. That sounds about right. Okay. So there you go. There Thank we go. you very much. <laughs> um. Oh. Okay. So here we go. This was we pulled off. <clears throat> we were coming down this. Can you see my little hand moving there? Mm-hmm. So we were driving down this road here, and there's this knoll, little knoll, this little hilltop, and he somehow whips up onto this, and we jump out. So uh, where my hand is now, that's up toward North Edwards. The North Gate is kind of up this way, I think. Um, and this is just a panorama that I mm -hmm. took while there. So this area right in here, if I have it correct, is, is NASA. And then you come down here, and this is the Air Force Base um, down here where, like, the, the, the test pilot training school is and all that. Um, and this is, I mean, this is just what it looks like. This is. And Arrow Geek saying that's not a, a, a Grumman. That's a Douglas. A Douglas. Okay. Okay. I'm guessing that must be the F3D part, the you know, an F3 Douglas. Okay, gotcha. I'm guessing. I don't know. They know more than I do. But anyway, it as with all. Sorry about. I keep clicking the wrong. Why do you keep doing that to me? Stop it. Um, it, it, pictures just don't do it justice. Just the. Oh, okay. Anybody recognize this? Anybody know what that is? Know what that might have been used for? Uh, directing uh, rocket. Nope. No. Okay. I don't know. Nope. That was the pit that they lowered the Bell X1 into to mount to the belly of the B29. Oh, nice. 
and it's still there in the middle of this parking lot. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and there's a porta potty right there. Hey. Um, yeah. So no, I, I, this was one of the coolest things to see because this, this represents such a moment in history. Oh yeah. Uh, this, oh this, my God. Chuck Yeager, this, baby. Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier the day after he broke his ribs because mm-hmm. he was drunk riding a horse. Yep. And didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell anybody. Had to get a broom handle fashion so he could close the door. Um, so, hey, there, there's some handsome guy standing in front of that. And uh, That's awesome. thank you. I had my Road to Riot shirt on, by the way. Just Perfect. That's right. Uh, and there was a plaque that uh, it had words on it. Oh, absolutely. Well, oh. I'm sure it talked about that whole thing. So that's me. I don't know how I did that. What hey, happened? look, Patrick, Sean Murphy. <laughs> Let me try to. Oh, wow. I did something and I don't know what I did. Um, uh, so, uh, wow. What's... Oh, I know what you did. Uh, okay. Are you on a Mac? No. No. Interesting. I, I wish I was. Cause I do that with my Mac mouse all the time. I'll blow stuff up real big. I can't see anything like, what am I doing? What happened? Okay. So that's where we were. Mm-hmm. We were right here. Um, sorry for the folks listening to the podcast. This must really, really suck. Not that it hasn't sucked prior to this, but, um, so anyway, this is a little boneyard, uh, that is not far from the pit where, uh, the X one was, uh, lowered into so just some some interesting airplanes of course the c-130 there mm-hmm. um oh this this little airplane right here very interesting story behind it um i had never seen this plane before uh but i called it right away i said well that looks like a rutan design and, and it was this airplane was the airplane designed to land at a soccer stadium and rescue the Iranian hostages. So it had to land in a soccer stadium and get out again. Really? Yeah. It, this was the plane that was going to do it. And then Ronald Reagan was elected president and they were freed. But uh, Bert Rutan designed this airplane for that express purpose. Wow. Yeah. I, I And I never knew that. I had never heard that story. Hmm. I never heard anything about that either. Yeah. As you can see, it is a little rough. <laughs> yeah, it is now. It's been sitting for how long now? What's that? Yeah. 30, right. A 30 long years time. ago. Long time. Um, B1, of course. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Just Oh, that's the uh, Caribou, Golden Knights uh, parachute mm-hmm. team, Caribou. Uh, C-47, DC-3. Uh, Canberra bomber. Ooh. That's a interesting little one. I never thought I would see in person. Um, goofy little thing. I can't remember the name of it. I've been told it. Uh, Red told me, and then somebody on Facebook told me what it was, but it doesn't stick in my head. Um, just a cool-looking little uh, trainer-type airplane, I guess. Um, there's a... Uh, C dollar 19 here in the background um, in pieces C119 um, cargo plane hopefully they'll put it back together someday that's just a shot looking down that boneyard <clears throat> oh here's the uh, B58 we drove from there out to the B58 hustler um, 
just general shots. And again, I apologize to the people who may be listening to this on uh, after this. Um, well, they'll just have to go out and watch it on YouTube. So, like, yeah, sure. just go out and watch it on YouTube. Uh, you get to see me and Mike, and that's worth the uh, price of admission right there. Yeah, that'll turn everybody off of our channel. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is Keegan. what's left of it. Tegan, what's up, buddy? Um, so, this little dangly piece here is where I climbed up on top, and I got to walk around on top of the airplane, and that was really cool. Um, let's see what else. Uh <clears throat> Kind of yeah, that's that's what you can do. You can upload the photo album or give a link to it. That's a good okay. idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, somebody yeah. smarter than we are. Oh, it doesn't take much. No, it really doesn't. Yeah. So, so the the B fifty eight, and, and again, this is serial number six off the assembly line. Um, Snoopy, Snoopy. And I think it was because of the stupid nose they put on it for whatever radar. There's Red. He was. I don't know. I think he was Facebooking or something there. So I climbed on top. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and took a panorama. And so well, that's the cockpit. I kind of wanted to get down inside. I really should have done that. But I was afraid you I'd have bitten by a rattlesnake or stung by a scorpion or something. Yeah, up there. Nah. <laughs> um, this this uh, concrete pad to the right is like some kind of photo bombing target. I don't know what's up with that, but um, you can't see it in this picture, but off in the distance here are uh, a pair of B-52 tails sticking up in the air. They're, uh, they're out in the desert. One was chopped up because uh, I guess with the peace treaty, the Russians demanded that they that one be chopped up, even though it's rusting or whittling away out in the middle of the desert. Um, <laughs> so next picture, uh, this is a Prandtl flying wing. And if you listen to our podcast with Red Jensen, um, you'll know what that is all about. Uh, the Prandtl flying wing is the combining of work of uh, of a handful of people. First of all, uh, Ludwig Prandtl, who in the 1920s wrote the golden standard of wing design in terms of lift distribution across it. And, and Prandtl said in the 1920s that an elliptical wing distribution or force distribution across the wing was the way to go. And that is what every airplane basically has been designed to since. Well, in the 1930s, I think it was 33, he wrote a paper where he said that was completely wrong. That was the wrong solution to wing design. The best solution is a bell-shaped curve where as you go outboard to the tips of the wing, there is very little lift tapering down to no lift whatsoever at the wingtips. What you get when you design a wing from this standpoint is something called proverse yaw. Now, we are, most of us in the RC community and private pilots are, or pilots in general, are aware of the term adverse yaw. So that's why airplanes have rudders. If you 
bank a plane by, let's say, you, you input left aileron. The left or the 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 left aileron goes up, spoiling lift, the right aileron goes down, adding extra lift because in effect, by dropping that aileron, you are increasing the camber on the wing, you get increased lift. That increased lift results in increased uh, induced drag. So instead of a plane that is rolling, banking, and turning, dropping that, that high side aileron causes drag, and the nose tends to resist the direction of turn. So you get a nose. So if you want to turn left, the nose wants to go right because of adverse yaw. When you design a wing based on elliptical wing distribution, which every airplane ever since has been designed upon. If you design the airplane based on the bell-shaped lifter distribution, you get proverse yaw. This naturally causes the airplane to turn in the direction of roll. So you roll left, the high side wing is going to, you still increase lift on the high side wing, but you don't increase induced drag. And out at the wingtip where the aileron is, the lift vector, instead of being perpendicular to the wing, is a little bit forward. So as you increase lift on the high side wing, that forward lift vector increases pulling the high side wing into the turn. So it's a very natural thing. And this is how birds fly. This is why birds don't have a vertical surface. They don't need it. It's not needed when you design a wing correctly. And the elliptical lift distribution is not the correct solution. It is a good solution, but it's not the most efficient solution for some aircraft. There's always going to be a place for it. But if you're looking for something that uh, is very efficient, um, something that spends is meant to spend a long time in the air and use as little fuel as possible, the bell-shaped distribution is the way to go. Um, and I got to sit down with Al, Al Bowers, who is the guy that connected all the pieces that had been independent in the past. Um, for instance, uh, <clears throat> the Horton brothers, they, they were back in World War II. Uh, hang on a sec. I'm going to let my dogs enter. They're going to freak out. I'll be right back. Okay, well, this 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 will just tell you that uh, um, Joshua Bordwell, if anybody knows who he is, ain't got nothing on this cast tonight because tonight you have learned something. So hopefully that'll make a few of you laugh. Maybe not everybody, but a few. So, and you can tell the uh, teacher is absolutely coming out of pat. <laughs> no, this is good stuff, man. <laughs> I know, and and I can tell the. The teaching is coming right out of you. And that, I don't know if you heard, but uh, I was kind of making fun of Joshua Boardwell. Uh, no, I, tonight, okay. you did learn something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
the Horton brothers, the, one of the most beautiful flying things ever built in my mind is the Horton 229, the, the flying wing. Um, it's, it's in the, uh, the, uh, Stephen F. Udvar Hazy Museum. If you ever have a chance to go there, if you haven't been there, it is the best aviation museum I've ever been to in my life. Um, it, it, it's better than the one on the mall uh, in Washington, D.C. It, it is incredible. Um, they had had the 229, uh, I think, until this year in the restoration area in the back. Um, we got to see it when I went there with Josh Orchard and, uh, and Carl Leidick and Jesse Pittenger that day. We got to go see it. But um, now it's out on display. This is a stunningly beautiful aircraft. They had part of the picture. They understood something, and, and I don't know the details of this, but they understood part of the solution to the Proverse Y'all, but they didn't have the full picture. There were some people uh, recently, I think one was in England, one was in Australia, and, and they were working on separate pieces, and, and Al Bowers connected with those people he, he's he's been in communication with the horton brothers uh children who, who still are alive today and grandchildren um living in south america imagine that um mm. <coughs> wonder how that happened i don't know very yeah, strange huh? yeah strange um but the, the children and the grandchildren of the Horton brothers are very aware of the importance of the work that they did. Uh, and they are excited. They're very, so very excited to see the research that is going on today. And to me, that was really interesting. I never, it never occurred to me that the Horton brothers lineage would still exist and the existing you know, the, the subsequent children, grandchildren would, would even care about the brother's work. Um, but they were, they were visionaries. Um, they were brilliant people, but, but they didn't have the whole solution. Now the whole solution came from a very interesting place. <coughs> The albatross is a pelagic bird. It's a seafaring bird. It spends most of its life in flight over the open sea. There is a, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but recently, in, in recent years, he put GPS trackers on 20 different albatrosses. And I guess they live down the southern hemisphere around Antarctica or whatever. But but to sit down and listen to Al Bowers tell this story, first of all, the, the thing that I walked away from my conversation with Al Bowers, that who, by the way, he's the chief scientist at NASA Armstrong, was that this man is so passionate about his work. And those guys love to share what they do with anybody who is interested in it. Uh, it, it I was worried that I was going to go there. And I was going to feel like an imposition, you know, and, and it would be like, oh, we got to show this guy. Right. These guys are so excited to show people that have the same kind of interest and love that they do what they're doing. 
and, and that was that was the best part of the whole trip. But but Al Bowers is so passionate and excited about all of this. By the way, um, there's a TED talk you can go uh, listen to. There's all kinds of YouTube videos by by Al um, that you can watch and get a sense of who he is, what his research is all about, and, and how excited he is about this stuff. It, and it to see somebody that intelligent and that excited and that with with the ability to communicate what he does as well as he can is so rare. Uh, It was a very special day. I mean, just a very special day for me. Um, But anyway, back to the albatross. So this guy, I can't remember his name. He uh, tagged 20 albatrosses. And after I think the time was eight months, he recovered as many of them as he, as he could. Um, Some had died, some I, for whatever reason, the GPS tracker stopped working, but he he got a significant number back. And and the way Al, it was funny to see Al say this. Al's like, and the albatross, they don't fear humans. They don't even know what a human is. So this guy, he just kind of walks up to him on his knees. He's like, and he grabs him and he's like, take it in. The albatross looks at him like, why'd you do that? Uh, <laughs> so the albatross that flew the shortest distance in the eight months that these trackers were on these birds flew the equivalent of five times around the earth. Oh my. In eight months. The one that flew the longest, I believe he said flew the equivalent of eight times around the earth in eight months. Good Lord. And the way they do it, um, he describes the way they do it uh, in in many of the YouTube videos that you can watch with him. But they use dynamic soaring. Um, if if you're a sailplane guy, uh, RC sailplane guy, you know what Dan, dynamic soaring is all about. Um, by the way, uh, the fastest RC airplanes on the planet are unpowered. Mm-hmm. And they get their power from dynamic soaring. Over 500 so, miles an hour, by the way. Yes, sir. They're Mach 0.8 something, I believe, they're mm-hmm. up to now. Um, so the way it works is imagine that you are standing on a hilltop. And <clears throat> the wind is coming up the hill on, let's say you're facing north. The wind is coming from the west up the hill. And if you've ever sloped sword or I'm sure you can picture in your head as as the wind comes up the hill, it has to come back down because there's going to be a low pressure area on the lee side of the hill. Once the air goes over the hill and it's shooting up, there's a lower pressure on the backside of the hill and the air comes down and gets real turbulent and it's very messy. Um, But if you have the right airplane and the right wing you can harness the energy of that air going up and coming back down. And the way you do that is you fly in a circle that is, I'm going to describe it for the sake of making things easy to describe as perpendicular to the direction of the air coming up the hill. So you're flying a circle that is 90 90 degrees in plane to the 
uprushing air. So <clears throat> you fly, you, you're going from the backside of the slope, nose up into the oncoming air at a 90 degree angle. So that air is lifting you up, giving you energy, and you come around and you dive behind the hill in that pocket of still air where there is not a lot of wind resistance. And you just keep doing that circle. You go behind the hill where there's very little resistance. You come up into the uprushing air where you pick up energy, you dive back. And you keep doing that over and over again. And each revolution that you make, you build speed because you're harnessing the energy from that air rushing upslope. Mm -hmm. and, and, and like you said, uh, <clears throat> I don't know the exact number, but they're pushing 600 miles per hour now. Um, yeah, I think it, the, last, the last one I saw was, I only thought it was like 514 or something. No, they're get getting up there. They're they're hey 500, 500 plus I don't care that's fast. exactly that's fast and uh can you imagine flying an RC airplane line of sight like that 500 miles an hour it's crazy it, you if you haven't seen it before go on YouTube and look up dynamic soaring yeah there's a lot of videos out there <clears throat> yeah it, it it's it's awesome uh but anyway these albatrosses. They, they use a similar effect. So, of course, there's waves on the ocean. And there's wind on the ocean. And the wind is pushing the waves. So they will dip down between the troughs of waves. And, and this is the equivalent of the still air on the backside of the hill. And they'll oscillate. They'll come up, nose into the rushing air. And they'll peel back down into the trough and then up. And, and Al said it's like a 20-second oscillation. And they can fly almost indefinitely like this. They don't flap their wings. They just harness the power of wind. And <clears throat> somewhere in the study of the albatross, the discovery or the rediscovery of uh, Prandtl's 1933 paper, which, by the way, was published in an obscure publication something it, it was in german something about i wish i could remember it um look on youtube al talks about it um something about uh of the something flight of aircraft and lighter than air ships so it's always a publication it was a four-page publication put out about airplanes and dirigibles and he's sitting there and he's asking me, so what are you going to do if you've got this silly little publication and, and you don't have enough to fill four pages? I said, well, you're going to fill it with something. And he said, yes. Prandtl wrote this paper, stuck it in this little obscure publication, and it was forgotten. And uh, somewhere, I don't, I, I I don't know how it was re rediscovered. I don't remember who did that, but but Al was the one who brought these different things together and figured out the plan form of the wing to make this happen. So <clears throat> I really want to build one of these parental wings, but it's very complex. 
it, it it's complex in the wing twist. So if you've built a flying wing before, you are certainly aware of the need to twist the wing and have downwash out at the tips. If you don't have downwash out at the tips, this thing is going to be crazy unstable. Um, the Prandtl wing has an airfoil. <coughs> Every single cross section on that wing has a unique airfoil shape because it tapers from, in the case of the ones that they're working with NASA, um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm having a brain fart right now. Epler, that's the guy. Okay, so if you're a sailplane guy, if you're a flying wing guy, and you've looked into airfoils, you've surely heard the term Epler. Epler's a, a, a German uh, aerodynamicist, I guess he is, uh, who is still alive today, by the way. Um, who created a bunch of really good, high aspect ratio, high efficient airfoils for flying wings and sailplanes. So there's a modified Epler airfoil that starts at the root and goes to basically a symmetrical airfoil out at the tip. But the wing twist is such that and this is the key. The twist to the wing is the key, from what I understand. It is wash in at the tip or at the root. Or does it? it, it it's like a sine wave. If you look at the leading edge, it looks like a sine wave. Because it, it, it's not a twist from wash out to wash in. It's more complex than that. It, it follows like a sign. Um, it, it, and as you look down the leading edge of these flying wings, you see that. Um, to, to recreate this in the ways that I know how to build airplanes, it, it's just going to be an approximation. It's going to be like the equivalent of, of, of uh, rough calculus, not like fine-tuned calculus. It's, it, it's going to be a segmented linear taper from section to section to section whereas these things uh they're they're creating out of molds or carbon fiber they have machine molds that you know they probably have a they, they definitely have a machine shop that is world class um <clears throat> so everything is is a continuous curve on every surface from the airfoil to the wing twist that that is like a sine wave um and it's just it, to me it's amazing it, and you watch these things fly on the videos and they're beautiful and they look correct they they look more right than any other flying wing you've ever seen before when they're in flight and I think it goes back to we as humans have been watching birds fly for all of our existence and have wanted to do the same ourselves and we are just now to the point where we're figuring out how these damn animals do it. And it, it, this is how they do it so efficiently. So starting with <clears throat> the most minute efficiency increase, the efficiency increase of the wing 
between a an elliptical distribution versus the bell-shaped distribution is 11%. An 11% increase in anything is huge, huge. especially huge, huge. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you about made me spin the tea out. <laughs> <laughs> if you start looking at the overall airframe design, 30% of drag of an aircraft is from the vertical surface, the tail, the rudder. When all said and done, Al says that he believes that we could be looking at a 70% increase in efficiency if you look at the worst case scenario to the best case scenario for aircraft. A 70% increase in efficiency just due to the wing design. And that is mind-blowing. That is crazy. Now, there will be people who scoff at that. And me, as with my engineering background, I, I, I hear that. And I'm like, okay, great. Look, if you figure out how to increase the efficiency of a power plant by 3%, you will be the richest man on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> saying that a 70% increase in efficiency of something is possible is a very, very, very bold claim. I I suspect the truth lies somewhere between 70 and 11. So if we say 30%, that is a mind-blowing increase in efficiency. You think about the reduction in fuel costs just there alone. It's crazy. Oh, and and the key to this, the, the reason... The twist is so important, and the taper of the airfoil from some airfoil shape to a symmetrical airfoil at the tip is so important is because these wings shed the vortices, not at the tip, but from the point where the wing transitions from wash in to wash out or wash out to wash in from from an up twist to a down twist. So this happens inboard, maybe 25% distance in from the wingtip, where on an elliptical uh, shape distribution wing, like every airplane, every other airplane flying is, the vortices shed at the wingtips. You're moving these vortices inboard, and that, that's what creates the proverse yaw because your drag is no longer out at the tips where you have the greatest moment arm. The drag is inboard. So the lift with, with the forward raked lift vector outboard, you can overcome the, the torque or the moment of the increased drag due to the increased camera of the wing, the vortices are shutting inboard, you have proverse yaw. And that is damn fascinating to me. Uh, you're not the only one fascinated, I don't believe. Sorry if I geeked out too much for y'all. No, man, Arrow Geeks over there really, uh, he just found the link, I guess, to yeah. the NASA paper. And he's trying to copy the link and he can't. they can't do that. YouTube way, don't let you copy links. No, they don't. By the way, I got a, uh, I got a signed uh, 
technical paper by those guys. Then you get Al and Red. I got the technical paper and I got an official Prandtl D flight patch. The this flight patch flew on the previous uh, mission or the previous uh, flight prior to me visiting um, on, on their aircraft. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So I just moved on to the next uh, picture I have. <clears throat> so this in in the box was the first Prandtl wing and it's getting boxed up and heading toward the smithsonian oh that's awesome yeah uh let's see oh here we go Th this was just like their little overflow shop um the f-15 model hanging from uh, the ceiling there was a flight model it was a i think it's a two-third scale model or somewhere in that range um it and it was dropped from 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 an aircraft i assume it was balls eight um and if you look, you'll see that the vertical stabilizers on this model are much larger. Well, <clears throat> when they were first flight testing the F-15, the F-15 had really bad, a really bad habit of getting into a flat spin that was difficult or impossible to recover from. Yep. So they were looking for solutions to that. And in this particular model, they increased the vertical stab uh, area. It turned out that the real solution that was implemented was in the strake. Uh, forward of the wing. So this little portion right here, the the strake that went from the uh, the leading edge of wing root forward to where the uh, intakes are on the the nacelles, um, that modifying that design fixed the flat spin problem. Um, let's see here. And that's oh. the model that figured it out, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is their uh, FPV trailer. Oh. So, okay. So, what you're looking at here, this seat, you've got two screens in front of you. Um, so, instead of goggles, you got this big screen. <coughs> Excuse me. And I assume this, this smaller screen probably has telemetry data on it, I'm guessing, based on the F-18 simulator that I was in and how they had that set up. Um. So you've got a swing arm here with the joystick on it. Uh, you got throttle. Uh, you got rudder pedals. This is all custom made. Um, I got to sit in it, and it was really comfy. I wanted to take it home. <coughs> Up front, uh, next to the driver are all of the uh, computer stacks. The that's like the the rack. Um, and this is what they fly out of. Man. Yeah, it, it's pretty impressive. Um, oh, there's Balls 8. That was the there last drop ship they had. Um, oh, that's Hampson guy on top of the B-58. Um, okay, Bell X-1E. Yeah. Uh, that's me flying the F-18 simulator. That's Marlin. Um, I wish I could remember his last name. It was funny. Because right after we left this, we were headed back down to uh, Red's lab, and we ran into Al Bowers like right in the hallway outside and Reb was like, yeah, Marlon, he's, uh, he's pretty much the uh, preeminent flight sim engineer in the world. So wow. that's, that's the man right there. So arrow geeks asking if that truck has antennas on top or how's it go? Yes, 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 yes. And yes. yes. I'm sure there's plenty of them on top. Yep. Yep. So that's me. Uh, I'm at 473 knots. 
diving toward some little airport out in the middle of nowhere just to buzz the uh, tower. Um, okay, so this is Red and Al Bowers. So Al is the... Uh, <coughs> he's NASA Armstrong's chief scientist. He's the man behind all of this. Uh, and Red is the guy who builds and flies them. Um, and this is their latest Prandtl wing right here. If you look at the green stripe on the left wing, uh, that's tape. That tape marks uh, static pressure ports every few inches that are top and bottom on this wing. And there are several of these as you go outboard toward the wing. Um, each one of these has a tube going to it. And I don't think I got a picture of it, but to the left of this sitting on a table is the, the brick or the block that all of these tie into. And I think they said it was, I don't, it, there's probably at least a hundred of these sensors. And I think they said it weighs four pounds. This, oh man, this heart, this nerve center of all of these uh, pressure sensors. So prior to this, they measured the strain on the Prandtl wing to see if it was really reflecting the bell-shaped distribution. So to do that, they had fiber optic uh, wires, whatever you call them, fiber optics running out to many points on the wing. Every one of these little fiber optic uh, tubes or wires or whatever they are had little elliptical holes machined or cut or something into them so that as the wing deformed those little elliptical portions would reflect part of the light back as it was shot out toward the wingtip these little elliptical openings would reflect part of the the light backwards and they could measure the strain on the wing based upon I guess the wavelength of light that was shot back from these little tiny uh, elliptical openings along the fiber optics. And if you, you, I, Al showed me the raw, it, by the way, he has all this on his phone. So he's ready to show anybody at a moment's notice. <laughs> all of these results is awesome. Um, so he shows me the raw data and then, you integrate that and you get another set of data and then you integrate that and you get another set of data and then you integrate that and it's all calculus and you, and you get a, uh, and you get the strain on the wing and by God, it was a beautiful bell curve. So now they're going back and they're going to measure the lift force by using the pressures at different points along the wings and I have no doubt that they are going to find that the lift force is also a beautiful bell-shaped curve. But, but they do that by having all these little static pressure points top and bottom on the wing. And, and that's, how, that's how airspeed is measured. I mean, it, it, it's not rocket science to figure out lift from the static pressure uh, and dynamic pressure um, on a wing. Anyway. It's not rocket scientists, but I, science, but I can't explain it right now. Um, next picture. These are Prandtl uh, propellers that they mold carbon fiber. And, and they're looking at the same increase in efficiency from these Prandtl propellers over a standard propeller. 
and they've flown these um, and they wanted to point out that one of the guys that was in the lab, I can't remember his name. He's the guy with the big red beard. Yeah, he broke it. Um, he crashed it, broke the propeller. This is a very, very large uh, scale Super Cup. This thing flies on a turboprop engine. And this is the fuel tank. And this fuel tank has enough capacity to keep it airborne for an hour. So that is a lot of fuel on an RC airplane with a mm -hmm. turboprop, a jet turboprop engine. Mm. Um, uh, and I just, I just took some random pictures around uh, the shop to see what they had there. Uh, this flying wing at the bottom it was a obviously it was a VTOL. I, I didn't ask them about it. They didn't say about it, but it looks something very reminiscent of something that Peter would do, or or uh, a lot of people have done with converting a tricopter into a uh, into a flying uh, an airplane type thing. So it, it's a, it's a Y6 configuration on a flying wing. Um, and in the left hand corner of this picture, you can see the fuselage of the uh, Super Cub. Um, <clears throat> this whole scale flight research started, uh, back in the forties or I think fifties, um, when, <coughs> sorry, when they were doing tests on the lifting bodies, Th this all came about due to the lifting body research, which eventually led to the space shuttle. And so this is one of the early models of the lifting body. Um, this uh, these airplanes in the back uh, you see Droid two here, Droid one on the left, Droid two on the right. Those are just workhorses they have for they use kind of general platforms for lots of different research. Um, these are molds for smaller scale printed wings. Uh, I don't know if these are the ones that will be going to Mars or not, but but they might be. Um, carbon fiber. Yeah, all mold, carbon fiber. Carbon, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, this is a, uh, DJI frame. Everything else on it is custom built and they're doing research into, um, aircraft acoustics, or I don't know if it's aircraft noise, sonic booms or whatever it is, but whenever they're doing this research, this thing goes up and it, it's used to calibrate an array of, uh, acoustic, acoustic measuring devices. So it puts out a signal and calibrates the whole thing. Um, this is just another frame sitting around. Uh, boom, boom, boom. There is one of the uh, wings out of those molds that I showed a couple of minutes ago. You can see there's not much to them. Uh, they're just, oops, basically two clamshell halves. Uh, the equipment in them is pretty much standard RC stuff that we all use. In terms of a spar, it just looks like they've uh, epoxied in a uh, little piece of wood or something here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's nothing fancy. Um, now, in the back here, this whole array, whatever it is, I'm sure it's GPS something. That That's probably a little bit fancier than we get our hands on. Um, another picture of the lab. Um, and I've got more pictures. Now, you had a picture. Yes, and uh, I can't find it. Why can't I find it? 
a simple cub. Yes, that uh, and that was one thing that cracked me up. On top uh, of um, of the, the fuselage, well, of that super cub. I don't know why it's not in this uh, album, but uh, in this picture, you can see it on the left. Um, oh, as yeah, I was walking right there, yeah. as I was walking around the lab, there sat a fuselage of a simple cub. And I said, I've got to uh, take a picture of this. Bixler, <laughs> uh, Bixler will get a kick out of this. And Red said, well, well, let's do it upright. And he sat it on top of the uh, <laughs> of the big uh, Super Cub there. So uh, apparently one of the interns, um, a lot of work there is done by college interns. Um, college and, and I think even maybe some high school interns. Uh, so if you have a kid or you are a young person in college and studying Aerodynamics, mathematics, anything in the sciences. Keegan, would, yeah, Keegan. I, I would I, get in touch, man. Um, they're doing some very cool stuff out here. So that would it, be right up Keegan's alley. Yeah, it, it was a pretty incredible day. Um, yeah. So. Oh yeah, absolutely, Aero Geek. You should. And I have more pictures somewhere. I don't know why they're not in that album, but yeah. you get the idea. And I probably anybody who is listening to this podcast has totally tuned out about an hour ago. Uh, sorry, folks. <laughs> but uh, no, it it it, it was. Um, let me stop screen sharing here. How do I stop that? Boom. There you um, are. Did I? Uh, You're back. I'm back. Okay, cool. So anyway. Um, that was my trip. Uh, did some other cool stuff while out there. Um, that was the first full day we were there. The next day, uh, my wife and I went up to this area called Grapevine Canyon. Um, it's an area where imagine, if you will, wild grapevines grow in the desert. Um, but there's all kinds of Native American petroglyphs, uh, all over the rocks at the entrance of this canyon and it's absolutely spectacular um the vistas out there are mind-blowing if you've never been out in that part of the country it's like every western movie you've ever seen like like when you see that big glorious panorama shot that that's exactly what it looks like it's incredible um yeah, so we went up to the Grapevine Canyon and checked that out, checked out the petroglyphs. I found a couple of uh, uh, artifacts, a couple of scrapers. Um, that's another one of my hobbies. I like to go out and look for Native American artifacts. Uh, I, I found a little piece of pottery, um, but it was just checking out. The uh, petroglyphs were pretty amazing. I By the way, so. yeah. if anybody out there is wondering, yes, I did leave them where I found them. I did not take them out of there. That's not kosher. That's not cool. You don't do that. So, um, It was an amazing trip, and I, I will go back again. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we may have to uh, book a trip to go together out there, man. Dude, I would love to. Oh, that would be... And, and like I said, those guys are so enthusiastic to share what they do with anybody. It, it's it's awesome. I don't get out that way on my travels much, but I'm gonna tell you if I do. Well, I'll tell you what, buddy. For shit. sixty bucks, we're going. <laughs> I doubt that I see a sixty dollar flight. <laughs> yeah. Well, if if another offer comes through and she doesn't want to go, I'll hit you up, man. There you go. Yeah. 
so that was my trip out to uh, see Red. Um, it was not something I ever really thought I would do, but I'm see, I'm so thankful I did. It was an uh, it was a great experience, an incredible experience, and I can't thank those guys enough. Oh, absolutely! I just couldn't even yeah imagine, you know, yeah. So. Let's see. What have I been up to lately? Uh, not a lot. Um, actually, my buddy Jesse came over. I guess it was last weekend or last time I had a couple of days off. Mm. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. We ended up, we fixed two of my airplanes. I, we fixed my Radian. I discovered that the uh, the motor on my Radian wasn't working the last time I took it out. Uh, it, it was on a slope. It was a slope soaring day. That was just absolutely brutal. Um, winds were like 20 knots plus, uh, <clears throat> but at one point, for some reason, I decided I needed the motor and I hit throttle and nothing happened. So I realized that my motor wasn't working. So we fixed that. Uh, and I have a Corsair downstairs that the landing gear wasn't working. One of the landing gear wasn't working. It wasn't, it First of all, it wasn't actuating, and then it wasn't rotating correctly. We fixed that. And then we're looking at each other, like, what are we going to do now? So we're like, let's build an airplane. So we designed and built a Piper Tri-Pacer all in one sitting. Drew it up on a cat, AutoCAD, cut it out of foam board, built it, put the electronics in it, went outside, flew it briefly because it sucked. Uh, but it, it was an experience. I can't believe we completed the whole project in one sitting. No kidding. There was alcohol involved too, so I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine. That. But it was a it was a uh, twenty inch wingspan. We were going for small. Oh, that's small. Yeah, that's a, too small because we we set it up for four channel. Um, all I had were nine gram servos. <laughs> I put my big uh, brick of a, uh, I put like the eight channel receiver in it. Oh man. Um, it flew, but the wing loading was crazy. I mean, it would fly straight, but anytime you try to bag it, it would just snap roll right into the ground. Yeah. Um, so actually I've drawn, I, I've scaled the drawings up to uh, twice the size. So now I've got a 40 inch plan and I'll build that because I have this love affair with the paper tripacer. It's the, ugliest most beautiful airplane ever built <laughs> and i want to own one there you go that's my airplane that or kit fox oh well there you yeah. go yeah so that's what i've been up to um i have a flight lesson coming up on tuesday looking forward to that because it's been a long time between uh I, it, it's been raining here non-stop for like i don't know it's a whole 40 days 40 nights thing um and it yeah. finally just stopped raining uh between the weather my schedule and my instructor's schedule because they're i think they're the exclusive dealer or the main dealer for the bristol white sport aircraft uh in the country so the the bristols built in uh the czech republic get sent over here to those guys they put it together and then they ferry them out all across the country so my instructor is one of the guys that's flying this plane out to customers anywhere in the country so it's it's been difficult to get uh to get a reservation scheduled so finally tuesday it, 
weather better cooperate, I'll be back in the air. And awesome. I'm, I miss it a yeah, lot. I'm sure. Yeah. I miss flying anything. Yeah. I, I just haven't had time to do much because with as much travel as I've been doing, when I come home, last thing I want to do is look at Sharon and go, well, I'm going to the flying field. See ya. Right. Sorry you had a shitty day at work, hon. I'm yeah, going flying. I'm leaving. <laughs> right. Yeah. That man. would not go over well. Yeah. 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 You are. Leave. You're traveling every week, it seems. I have been traveling every week. I have to go. And I don't think Brian Leem is listening, but uh, he'll be mad at me because I am going to be in the Miami area, but I'm not oh, going to be there God. very long next week. Um, he's, he's coming to... Flyfest Ohio, and I am yeah. so excited to meet him in person. I've known this guy for years. Um, he's he's a great guy. I've never met him in person. Such a good dude, too. Him and his <laughs> wife are fantastic people. So she uh she helped me through uh mail merge on yeah, Microsoft Office. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me about that. Good lady. <laughs> She's really nice too. But yeah. uh yeah, I finally uh about the only other thing that I've done since the last time we've talked is uh I did get my remix built. Okay. Um, this is the uh, Tommy Umagod quad that he designed, and I am seriously in love with this quad. Oh, really? It's very heavy. Um, and it has it, it has long arms, so I guess it's, it's, it's just a five inch. Really, it yeah. looks like it has extremely long arms. It'll it'll handle a five and a half. But I, there's no need in putting a five and a half on it. I do five by, uh, I think these are gate breaker five by five by threes, I think. Okay. But I'm telling you this quad, well, to give you an idea, I'm sure you've seen, well, maybe you haven't, I don't know if you guys know, but, uh, in the place behind my house where I had been flying all this time, well, they started putting in a road and now they're, they're building these tri uh, houses all the way around but on the road right behind us now it's just a little cul-de-sac road well there's a <laughs> i'm an idiot there's a couple of uh light poles out there they put on the street already <laughs> and it's right now still just an open field and i was just racing around and doing all that and i guess i wanted to test the durability of the frame because i was about three-quarter throttle probably doing 40 miles an hour or so and run dead into the light pole up there. It's aluminum light pole. <laughs> and you want to know what I did? What's that? I mean, to give you an idea of how tough this frame is, that's the only thing that happened right there. What's it? it bent that prop. That's it. it. I mean, this frame is tough. Now I did eject my uh, brand new session five GoPro and put a dent in it and now i can't switch the uh anything on it anything okay. i mean i can turn it on turn it off it'll record but that's it so but but yeah this frame's really nice it's it's low uh top battery mount and it hauls butt and it's of course i got the hype train motors on it and running a 4s 1300 uh, the CNHL batteries, the hobby China hobby line batteries. Yeah. Um, I, when I flip this thing upside down, it just hangs and just, it, it carries its momentum so well. Um, it's a lot of fun. And I've been flying that one pretty current, you know, when I can anyway, That's a lot, but 
It's been, I bet it's been three weeks since I've even touched it other than taking it off the wall yeah. just right now. I, uh, I, I did order a new, uh, a new receiver for my, uh, for your quad uh, Q, QAV, uh, because I hooked mine up backwards and fried it. Um, yeah. uh, so I, I haven't put it on. I don't have the thing back in the area. I really need to do that. Um, because I miss flying it. Uh, and I was smart this time. I snipped off the extraneous uh, fourth pin out from the header so that I can't plug it in incorrectly. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Those sneaky little bastards put yep. that extra pin on there so you can fry it if you hook it up backwards. Yep. <laughs> Snip that sucker right off. Snip. Stick. Yeah. I got. Uh... I got that that dang uh, Radiant XL I haven't flown yet, and I really want to get out and fly it, too. Okay. Yeah, dude. I still haven't flown it. I've got a bound to my radio. Speaking of Radiance, Mm -hmm. so Andre is in Ohio now, hanging out with Chris and Mike. Luis and Adam were over at Fury Field flying with those guys today, and we weren't there, Mike. Yeah, today. Yeah, I know. Just just make me that much more depressed. That's yeah, that's sorry. Oh my god, we had, that was so much fun last year, dude. Oh just my god. well, here's we, the only thing that I know better happen is there better be a cub explosion. Yeah. This weekend. I want to be there. I want to be there for that. Well, I want to be there too, but they really need to do that. I want to see that. Oh god, I want to see that so bad. Mike Build a foam board cub and blow it up. Not the little yeah, but foam I don't board. have any. I don't Not have you, coolings. Well, he needs to blow up the, the devil cub that, you know, the coordinator. No, no. Yeah. It's now the angel cub. No, he he's got to blow that one up because, um, oh, my God. I got to think of his name. The sacrifice uh, Tim, must be made, huh? Tim, um, Tim Morell sent him a balsa arf cub to replace oh, oh okay yeah now you got to sacrifice it man so sorry he has to sacrifice that cub you got to sacrifice it you got to do by oh. you got to do right by that guy yeah i don't know <laughs> if if you guys follow my facebook very often but you know i was in uh where was i at god i was at some airport <sighs> And saw a Bigfoot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if anybody follows our podcast or the, yeah, here it is. The RC uh, Piedmont Triad International Airport. I think that's in Gainesville, right? We've all been there, right? Piedmont Triad. Come on, that's a major hub. I mean, there. I'm like, this guy is following me around everywhere. Because <laughs> I was somewhere else. <laughs> Where was I at? I was somewhere else, and I saw a Bigfoot. And right. I was like, oh, my God, there's another one. I mean, everywhere I turn around, there's Bigfoot. Mike's everywhere. And, and I'm like, that Mike Coolins is everywhere. He's famous. World famous. Well, he's world, world famous, famous because of the video, but right, you know. God, that is so funny. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, go on. I'm gonna do it right now. Go on YouTube and let's see. I'm gonna take this in salt fork 
uh, if I can spell salt. Yeah, it's fork. the Salt Fork uh, Park or Salt Fork Sasquatch. Yeah. And first one comes up. Incredible footage from Salt Fork, Ohio. Yep, and just so you guys know, it is Chad Capper piloting the quad. The it was actually a Bixler piloting, wasn't it? Oh, that's oh yes, Bixler, it was. Bixler was piloting. was piloting. Chad was behind all this. Yeah, Chad was behind it all. And they put poor Mike Coolins in a big in a gorilla suit and <laughs> put him out in the woods. And put him out in the woods. And, he's, and he's now scared to death he was gonna get shot. <laughs> now there now there are videos on YouTube with an analysis of this whole flight and the Bigfoot and discussions of well, that's a Bigfoot. No, that's a guy in a ghillie suit. No, that's a Bigfoot. I mean it's it's a whole thing. It's oh my god. Fantastic. And it's got almost a half a million views. That is so fantastic. Oh, it's awesome. Mike Coolins is famous for being a Bigfoot. Being a Bigfoot. Yep. It's amazing. <laughs> Simply amazing. And he's so uncomfortable with that. Yes, he is. And it's so awesome to make him uncomfortable. God, it's it, it it's like it's like an eleven year old boy who has a crush on a girl and she looks at him and he just turns bright red bright red and looks away. Mm-hmm. It's Every the best. Day. It is awesome. best ever. <laughs> it is so awesome. Where did I? I don't know. Oh, this was the one that I saw, and he actually has this in his office at his work. It it was that one because I was at the Kansas City Airport, and that was stuck <laughs> to the bench out at the smoking area. And it says, "I believe," and I saw that, and then. I'm like, look, there's there's Mike Coolins. He's following me everywhere. And then I get to, I get to the Piedmont, and yeah. there's Bigfoot again. And I'm like, are you That's kidding me? Yeah. Coolins is world famous, man. He's yeah, everywhere. man, it's awesome. So it was it was pretty great. But so anytime I see a Bigfoot, if I get a chance to stop and take a photo of it, you bet I'm on it, and I'm tagging Coolins in it every time. Well, and and there's that. You remember that one? We were driving. We were out in the middle of nowhere, and I think we yes. were driving the Fury Field. Yes, we, we were driving elephant. on a two lane. We saw that elephant, and of course, I don't even think that John Fury knew about the elephant. But it's there. Yeah, it's there. We saw it. And then then we're there's like turkeys on the side. Mike can't shoot a damn turkey to save his life. There's turkeys on the side of the road everywhere in Ohio. Yeah, exactly. Well, he did this year. Oh well, good for him. He got Finally. two turkeys this year, so. Finally, um, <laughs> but but we're driving, and off in the distance along this fence line, mm-hmm. is a freaking bigfoot. A silhouette. It's, like, it's a full size <laughs> plywood cutout. A bigfoot. Back in the distance in the field, a bigfoot. <laughs> Hilarious, man. Oh, that was so funny. Ah, oh, it was. Oh, what a good trip we had, man. Yeah, man. God, those that was one great. I'll never forget it. Never. I'll never forget that trip. That I've never laughed so hard in my life as we did. Oh my God. Oh, God, that was <laughs> and, and and that's exactly where the uh um coordinated turns come from. It's a coordinated turn. Oh my god. I don't know what the hell kind of turn that is. But... <laughs> yeah, and actually, uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh um Andre actually posted the video. 
uh, oh. of when he flew that out of Capper's house. Okay. Oh, um, with the, up on Facebook. Turn left, Mike. Left. Yeah, turn left. Turn left. And every time he turned left, it would <laughs> nosedive. Right. I don't want to go left. It was it was mixed in <laughs> to oh, give him down elevator when he made a left right. turn. <laughs> left aileron, down elevator. Right okay. aileron, up, up elevator. elevator. Yeah. Coordinated turn. That's Coordinated it. Coordinated turn. Oh, it's so awesome. Oh, oh my God. Jesus Christ. Makes me laugh to this day. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it was it was great. But uh anyway, well, it's eight thirty-five. We have bored people which is nine thirty five your time. So we've been on two hours and then we bored people to death or why or fascinate them to death. I don't know which. I think it's bored them to death, but yeah. I'm okay with that. I've entertained myself tonight. <laughs> and I'm glad we're back. Me too. And just to say Hey everybody! So uh, things everywhere. So we'll be uh, we'll we'll Mike. We will be putting out we'll more putting podcasts out. regularly. Yeah. Well, we'll try to get a little more regular, and um, we'll have guests that are more interesting than us. <laughs> we hope. We hope. Um, yeah. I tell you, I'm going to put a couple of guys on the spot. We're going to try um, to get. Uh, Orchard. Yeah. Um probably Orchard Dan and Josh Finn, maybe. Okay. Uh, to talk about uh Seth and Carl. Yes. I'd like to do those guys, uh get them on. I would like to do um I want to get Ben Harbor on. Yes, talk about um, the Valkyrie. To talk about the Valkyrie and and what happened there, um, and uh, then kind of go from there. Um, um, I've been talking to uh, Chris Evans, who is not yes. RC. Yes. Uh, I've watched his videos for quite a few years now. He's a very talented guy, very entertaining, um, and and hopefully we will. I think we will be able to get him on in the near future um, if you guys don't know who he is or aren't aware of him just look up not rc on youtube n-o-d-d-r-c yeah it's funny stuff and he's yeah good really stuff good. He's, he's, he's good he's good he's good yeah he's good uh very talented and he's a sailplane guy yeah yeah my kind of guy absolutely so again everybody thanks so much for coming in how many people did we get tonight i didn't even look Three. Oh, I think I've got more than that. <laughs> Why is it not showing? Oh, folks, happy Memorial Day. Thank you to all of our veterans. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, thank um, you, thank you. Yeah, please make sure that you do understand what this uh, holiday is about. It's not about having a barbecue and drinking a beer. No, I am able to sit here on my deck because of very brave men who sacrificed a lot. Yep, these people wrote a check up to and including their life to make us indeed uh, free and able to do the things that we do and enjoy the things that we get to enjoy because uh, of their sacrifice and their families' sacrifice as well. So exactly, we do not want to forget the families that are left at home uh, while they're gone or if they're. 
continually gone and never come. We do want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, and appreciate your service. Yeah, and so. yes, and I don't know how to say I'm sorry, but you've dealt with your loss has been more than I can understand. And I hope you feel that it's not without purpose. Yeah, I hope not. Because we all live in an amazing country. We can argue over politics, but we can do that because of the country we live in. Yep. Yep. Hopefully uh, some of the younger generation will uh, think about that a little bit. So anyway, guys, uh, happy Memorial Day. And Tim from Australia, cheers, mate. Hey, good day, mate. <laughs> Crikey. And thanks for listening. And you know we love you guys. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, two or three. Two or three weeks. Don't two hold or us three. to it. Yeah. Don't hold us to it, but we're going to try. Hey, Rascal CNC people. Uh hey. I need some of you people. Uh, I I got to get this thing put together. Yeah, you do. I'm picking up my uh, I'm picking up a rotor head from Blake uh, Tuesday. Balake, Balake. Um, then I need just I just need to order the electronicals, and I've got it all. Awesome. Yep. So anyway, guys, have a good night. We're gonna get off here, and the only thing I can tell you guys is is to keep them flying. Take care. And as Joel would say, blue skies. <laughs> so thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Spend time with family this weekend, guys. Yes. And be thankful for what we have. Exactly. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.